This episode is brought to you by the Weight Inclusive Innovators' newest offering, The Accountability Club. Are you struggling to find time to work on your business and need some accountability? The Accountability Club is a space for weight inclusive innovators to dedicate time each month to work on their business. In this space, you'll be in a supportive community with like-minded professionals completing those $1,000 tasks that keep falling to the back burner and are keeping you from leveling up in your business. Registration is now open for our quarter one cohort of 2023. That's January, February, and March. So in the Accountability Club, we have three big things we're doing. So do the work with two monthly co-working sessions, get support with one monthly group business coaching session, and be in community through our private Slack channel with weekly check-ins and support from other weight-inclusive business owners. Head over to weightinclusiveinnovators.com slash accountability dash club to register today for our beta round pricing. We're in this to make weight-inclusive care more accessible, and it starts with our businesses getting work done. Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians, to building a cohesive brand, to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight inclusive business the good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hello, Weight Inclusive Innovators. Happy Monday. Welcome back to the pod. Today, we're going to be chatting about how to determine your $1,000 tasks and some fear-based mindsets that might be stopping you from accomplishing those $1,000 tasks and what to actually do with them once you've determined them. But before we dive into today's episode, let's check in with Hannah. Hi. Hello. What is one new and interesting thing that you've been thinking about in the business world recently? Not necessarily your business world, but it can be. I love that. I love the new, interesting, shiny, novel business things, and I like my brain to find them. Let me find one for you in this moment. Um, You know, I think the first one that comes to my mind right now is related to my business, to my business coaching business, Vice Driven Group, I've been thinking how I can continue to improve and make more efficient and be able to scale my business coaching offerings more. So that's been interesting and exciting to me because I am pretty capped out for individual clients right now, um, which is not a bad thing at all. I'm ex- It's exciting. I love it. It's so fun. And there's only so many hours in a day where I'm like, okay, what else can I offer people when they reach out if I don't have a spot? So I'm playing with offering some different intensives next year. And I also want to start doing some auditing type services where, so for example, someone who has an established group practice, if they want to come talk about finances and check in about their profit margin and scalability and profitability, I want to be able to do like a two hour intensive on that with them with some action steps. And I'm also thinking about playing with having more intensive business coaching to where someone sees me for eight weeks and we have certain things we accomplish 
and then we knock that shit out. So that's kind of where my mind is at when I'm thinking about new and exciting. It's really caught up in values-driven group because, like I said, it's capped out. As someone who does intensives and audits, 10 out of 10 recommend. Love that. Tell us about your intensives and audits. Well, it won't take up too much time because this has not been on my brain recently, but it's just one of those things that lives on my website. So I was realizing that there's like certain topics that were coming up over and over and over again, Uh, email marketing being one of them and social strategy being a second one. And so I offer just like quick little intensives that are provided some more structure around those um, because most of the like foundational work for both of those is like the same across all people. And so it was just a way to still maintain that one-on-one connection without having to like turn that into a course and tailoring it to their business. And then I do website audits. And so basically someone just like sends over their website and we spend an hour going through it together. I basically, I just say like, you're getting a designer and strategist eyes on your website. I don't do any of the edits but I will let them know what I would change about their website. And then we meet two weeks later. So they have like a set amount of time for them to actually like go in and make those changes. So holding them accountable. And then we'll do like a final run through together. We love accountability. Also, we'll have to talk offline because I think I need all three of those. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) what's on your mind, like innovatively, interesting, excitingly in the business space? The thing that has been occupying my brain space this week is all these people having signature offers or signature frameworks that they're selling. What? And I just like, I have questions. Like, it makes sense that someone has like a signature offer. I think the allure of being like, this is someone's signature offer like is a great marketing tactic, but how does one create a signature offer and like what makes it signature? Because I I feel like the things that you are providing in your offer, like you had to have learned those from somewhere. So like, why is it signature to you? Wait, can you give us an example? I don't want to call anyone out on the pod with signature offers, but basically it's like a set formulated way of like going through. Oh, and I guess like technically even like your business coaching, my branding and web design work, like I have a timeline of going through things. Like I have a process of going through things. I've just never thought to call it like Morgan Sinclair Design's signature branding and web design because like how I've gotten here has been kind of like looking at how other designers have structured theirs and like figuring out what works best for me. But it feels weird calling it signature because it's not like it's like the most unique thing in the world. Interesting. Okay. Um, Well, first of all, I'm giggling over here and I'm sure my business coaching clients are too, because we have a signature um, frequency of how often we meet. (laughs) But outside of that, every single person I'm working with, what we do together is so different. And that's just because group practice is kind of a shit storm in the best way. It's just very chaotic and it's hard to, it's almost like holding a handful of butterflies and opening your hands and then trying to grab them back of like, Oh fuck it. That one got away. Like, I don't know. It's just crazy. So that's I an say, amazing analogy. Maybe that's I love what that. Your offer is <laughs> a handful of butterflies just being released. Yeah. Um, 
but I feel like if you have, and this is, this is where I have like, not a qualm with it. I'm just intrigued by it because I was like, okay, if I had a signature offer, if I like renamed my programs or my offerings as like signature offers, does that mean that I would have to stop doing other things too, or try to force them to fit under the signature offer? And that feels like I'm being like held and I can't expand. I was going to say your multi-passionate heart is probably like, no, no. But I mean, I'm sure there is a way to have a signature offer and other offerings. Okay. So the way my brain would take signature offerings without knowing that concept before today, even though rationally I can think through it and be like, oh yeah, I'm sure I've seen the wording is it's like the thing that you are really good at and that people come to you for. And it's kind of like the main shebang. So mine would be group practice business coaching where people meet with me twice a month and they get support from me via email or Slack. And that is my signature thing at Values Driven Group. But I also do insurance consulting. I also do group practice support for therapists who want to hire a dietitian and build a nutrition branch. I also do a couple um, solo private practice business coaching things too. And I do talks and stuff. But the main thing, probably 85% of what my business is, is one-on-one group practice coaching. That's my signature offer related to insurance, eating disorder, weight-inclusive space, and values. Do you think a signature offer is like the top tier in someone's like funnel? Like, you know how you have like your signature item, your like middle cost, which is like your highest cost offering, and then like your middle one, and then your like bottom one? That's really, that's a good question. So let's, let's pick apart the example of, um, I'm sure many group practice owners listening to this have heard of the exchange, which is a membership by Maureen Warbach, who is a total boss. And she does, that's her biggest offering is a group practice, uh, membership site, which I wanted to do something similar. And then I decided I did not, she's doing it really well. Highly recommend anyone who's not in that, who's a group practice owner to join because it's really inexpensive. I've learned a lot from there. And she's got like probably at least 700 people in there. And I think it's like a hundred dollars a month. So, you know, obviously she's got support staff and people to pay from that, but you, that's her biggest offering, I think, because otherwise you can hire her for $500 an hour to do consulting with, which is a lot as well. But it seems like the biggest thing that she wants to send you to is the exchange membership versus hiring her for an hourly rate. Yeah. Does that make sense? So it's no, that like does make sense. Her signature offer may not be the most expensive per hour because somebody can get hours of content from this website and this yeah. membership for a hundred dollars a month. I'm going to keep thinking on this. This was just like the new thing on my brain. If any of y'all listening have any, uh, thoughts, negative or positive or neutral, or just, you know, curiosity about signature offers or having a signature framework. We'd love to know. Yeah. Tell us what yours is. Tell us what yours is people. What are you offering as your signature offer? Yeah. Which this kind of goes into our topic today. So are you ready to dive into today's episode? Let's dive in. So today, Hannah and I are going to be chit-chatting about how to determine your $1,000 tasks in your business. And 
this topic does not come easy to me. One, because I have a fear of letting go of control in my business, which we'll dive into. But two, how are we supposed to shift from the mindset of like being a scrappy entrepreneur to a CEO? Like there's no training on how to become a CEO. Cause I feel like, I, I feel like scrappy entrepreneur thriving off the $25 tasks, successful CEO working on the thousand dollar tasks, but I am one in the same. I am the scrappy entrepreneur and the CEO. That's a really good distinction actually. And I, I think it's important to be both and you're also the scrappy entrepreneur for a very, very long time. And so it makes sense as we talk about Morgan, you've been in your own business uh, two-ish years almost now. Full-time, full-time almost two years. Yeah. Full-time almost two years. Awesome. And I've been in mine for, it'll be five years next year. And so, you know, one of this kind of makes me think of the thought of quote unquote, small businesses fail or a lot of them fail within the first five years. And I think it comes back to how long can you tolerate being the scrappy entrepreneur? And also like, how do you level up to the CEO level? And maybe like either people don't get there or they get burnt out or like something shifts in their life where they're like, I don't want to be scrappy anymore. Um, I'm kind of on a tangent right now, but even like different stages of business can really determine where you're at too. And I think there's so much line straddling where you're both for a while. And you just, you don't even, you're not like, okay, now I'm the CEO. It's just like, oh, I've done X, Y, and Z. And like, now this is my primary focus. I'm no longer doing the $25 tasks, which we'll talk about. Well, and I think there's like, I have, I am proud of myself for being the scrappy entrepreneur for almost two years now. And I am like, almost kind of like there are specific days, not all the time where I like hit a block. And I have had this thought multiple times in the last week of, I swear to God, if I have to create one more Canva document, I'm going to lose my shit. (laughs) But then I force myself to create the Canva document and I get into the flow of being creative and all is well in the world. But I literally like type in canva.com and I'm like, fuck, here we go again. (laughs) For the one millionth time. For the one millionth time. But like, I mean, I love the creative side of it, but, but I don't think sitting in Canva all day is my thousand dollar task. That is a really good example. And I think we've all been there, especially if you use Instagram or social media or things like that to create content and then post it. And I know we've recently, as an example, gone through a transition of, and we'll continue even just within weight inclusive innovators to have our apprentice, Caitlin, taking over some of that Canva stuff that she is totally competent to do that we don't need you to do. And this is, this is like the leveling up for us in this project, in this business, we have a business here. We make money. I think where my brain gets stuck sometimes is that I feel so stuck in the weeds of having to do those $25 tasks that I'm like, okay, but if I'm sick of doing these, then like, who else is going to want to do these? Like, no one's going to love my business more than I do. So if I'm getting frustrated doing these $25 tasks, like, why would anyone else want to do these? Totally. And then we have to think of the context of like, 
you have to do those, or you are doing those $25 tasks as well as trying to level up and grow your business and do things that you haven't done before. Like it's not those standalone, it's how it's stopping you from being able to do more and like chomping at the bit to get those things done, but you're still checking things off that somebody else could have done. That's true. There is way more involved as I'm trying to shift to that CEO mindset. (laughs) Okay. We've also said $25 task and $1,000 task a lot. So let's start by breaking down what we mean by, and we'll even throw in a $100 task in there too, just to like give some scale. So we're going to start with the $25 task, work our way up to those $100 tasks, and then eventually get to the $1,000 tasks. Rapid fire round. What are $25 tasks that you can think of, Hannah? Uh, Okay. I'm going to speak to the private practice group practice sector. So $25 tasks, admin work. So if you're answering emails, if you're assigning clients, if you're scheduling people, if you're making phone calls to clients, stop it. Pay somebody else to do that. And I'm going to put an asterisk there and say when you can, because I totally, again, we've all been scrappy. We've all had to do it for ourselves for a long time. As soon as you don't need to, And that doesn't mean when you've stockpiled tens of thousands of dollars, then you're ready to hand it off. It's like, as soon as you can pay somebody else to do that, knowing that the time you're given back to bring in more money will pay you back later, do it. That's like the biggest thing that comes to mind. Billing is another one. I would say that one's between $25 and $100 tasks because I know billing can be a good expense for people, like a, a good proportion of an expense. And so I get when that one's harder and that one is the thing that directly brings in money. So there's another pain point there of like control. We've all been there. You got to hire out for it, but I'm going to put it in the $25 task category, social media marketing, $25 task, unless it brings you joy, then you can totally do it. And it's not distracting you from other things. Um, that's me projecting my own stuff. Cause you'll see me pop on Instagram once a month to like post something creative, like a reel. Cause it's fun but I am going to hire out for that soon. What are yours? Quick fire round. Ooh, $25 tasks. I want someone to answer my emails for me. (laughs) I want someone to uh, create content for me. So social media content, email marketing content, send me uh, reels, creating like presentation slide decks, things like that. Filling in, filling out templates is also one. Like I feel like I have so many like templates that I, I, well, I'm working on giving templates to all my branding and web design clients as like project wrap ups. And all that content is like floating out somewhere else in like a Google slides or a Google doc. And I just want someone to like compile all of that in the links for me. Ooh, I love that. Okay. So I'm I'm hearing you speak to admin things. I'm hearing you speak to organization. I'm hearing you speak to filling out templates. Yes. All of those are $25 tasks for sure. What would you consider kind of like next level $100 tasks? In the context of private practice and group practice, the $100 tasks I would say that are most sticking out to me is money management. So having an accountant and financial planners who are doing your books and managing your money, making sure your quarterly taxes are paid, running your payroll. If you're a group practice, I have somebody else do that shit. I'm not doing that. I've never thought about having someone else do payment. I guess I don't make as many payments as you do. My folks are paid either monthly or quarterly um, as contract. So every other week, baby. Woo. 26 a year. 
I would say my $100 tasks. Ooh, I would, I mean, like specific to my business, delegating my wait list to my Mm. assistant designer. Okay. Say more. To allow, like, like scaling almost, like bringing on more team members, like internally. Cause I feel like $25 tasks are like contract out. Hundred dollar tasks are tasks given to team members internally as the business grows. Interesting. That just might that might just be like my brain thinking of it that way, but I'm thinking of like my hundred dollar tasks, I would say are like marketing my services to get people to come in, which some of that I think is like consistent content creation. But I think some of that too is like direct call to actions, being able to delegate some design clients to my assistant designer and being kind of the supervisor of her or of them, her right now, but like whoever I hire of them, if I hire more designers, like holding that supervision role feels like a hundred dollar task to me. Uh, 100%. That's what's cool about this concept is it depends on what your business is offering, the size of your business, like what's going to fall into each of these categories. So in the context of group practice, I would say me having other people at my practice supervise our other clinicians, that's a hundred dollar task too, Mm -hmm. of like me paying them to do that so that I'm not taking an hour out of my day always to supervise, even though I love my team and I want to spend a million hours with them. Um, Just quality over quantity here. We don't have a lot of time with all the things we're doing. But when I think about marketing and so, for example, Google ads and having someone else manage that, that's actually a thousand dollar task that I pay someone else to do, which is crazy. But that's because the scale of our business, we need a fuck ton of clients to fill our team. And so I need to be paying. I probably pay at least thirteen hundred dollars a month in Google ads and someone to manage that for me. So when somebody else on a smaller scale, that could be a hundred dollar task. Are you viewing a thousand dollar task as like actual monetary? Because I'm envisioning, I'm using a thousand dollar task more loosely of like a thousand dollar task is like the high level CEO tasks that I need to be getting done. Oh, okay. That's a really good point. I think maybe with the Google ads example, my brain was doing that. of like, oh, I pay a thousand dollars to do this. But if I think about like, the hours my person probably spends to get that done and then the cost of the service and how often the ads are running. It's probably the ads are like a $25 task running themselves. And then my person is like a hundred dollar task. Good description or good question. I'm I'm like, my brain is like thousand dollars. I pay someone that for this, but (laughs) the actual time breakdown would probably. Yeah. I view it. I view it more as like, kind of like ROI, right? Return on investment. $25 tasks are like the consistency. And I'm going to say return on investment specifically for getting paying clients into your business. Those $25 tasks, which we said were like answering emails, social media, things like that. That's more like brand awareness, not necessarily direct call to actions. Those $100 tasks are like ways to differentiate your business 
and support kind of that foundational growth of your paying clients. And those thousand dollar tasks are these like CEO mindsets that are like growth focused mindsets to, cause to, I think really like focusing on the bottlenecks is probably those pretty big thousand dollar tasks. Okay. I am, my brain is jumping around with my example of the Google ads and spending $1,300 on that a month, because my brain is like, I think the thousand dollar task there is being the one to make the decision that we're going to drop $1,300 a month on advertising in this way. Yeah. So maybe it's the task with it, like making the decision about that task is what's actually the thousand dollar task. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. I feel like we're getting very, um, or we're, we're both kind of stuck in this like woo woo <laughs> headspace. Can't even believe it. Shocker. I know. I don't feel like I've gotten to my thousand dollar tasks yet. I don't feel like I still feel like I am in this gray space between scrappy entrepreneur and CEO because I'm still doing $25 tasks. I have not delegated my hundred dollar tasks the way I want them to, which means I haven't even gotten to my thousand dollar tasks of like what my maximum growth and scaling can look like. How do you feel about being in this space? A very important space to be in as an entrepreneur, notably. It is. It is very important. And it's, and I'm very thankful for it for the last two years, but I, but being stuck, not stuck, being in this scrappy entrepreneur space and doing these $25 tasks for the last few years, I think has stunted my ability to increase my revenue. And that's starting to feel frustrating. And so it's it's that frustration of like, it is only myself that's holding me back because I'm holding on to too much control in my business <laughs> that's prohibiting me from moving from like scrappy entrepreneur to like, entrepreneur with some stability that we're like pushing onwards. I don't want to say entrepreneur with some stability because I feel decently stable moving from scrappy entrepreneur to you know what the middle ground would be. Maybe just entrepreneur without the scrap, so much scrap, (laughs) like the big picture entrepreneur, Mm, the visionary, the visionary entrepreneur, the visionary. Yes. Well, I mean, what you're kind of speaking to as well is the working so much in your business still too, right? When we're stuck in the $25 tasks, we're so in the business. And when you're working towards CEO, like, of course, you're going to be in the business some, but you're really working on growing, scaling, supporting the other people who are working in the business. Well, and it reminds me of like, just reflecting on the last two adminations we've done, I feel like those have been two glimpses of me in the thousand dollar task CEO role. And each time I like kind of go to that headspace and go to that level, I am like inching towards it, but I still, but then whenever I return home, I'm still back to doing those $25 tasks. Mm -hmm. And so there's just like, there's a, there's like, they're on different levels right now. And I need to figure out how to like, be super Mario and like jump up and hit the brake <laughs> and have the coins come out. That's a really good situation to look at what we're doing in admincation. Cause I'm like, Oh, my brain is like, I think I'm doing the hundred dollar tasks 
in that to set me up for the thousand dollar tasks. Like if I do this now and set up the system, then I can just be ma- managing the system. In an ideal world, this last adventation is doing a lot of hiking and zip lining and <laughs> being inspired by nature versus I was. It was definitely a visionary dream and scheme and situation. But ideally, hundred dollar tasks getting done to work towards managing the thousand dollar tasks. I think with being in a group practice, my thousand dollar tasks are hiring employees. It's also deciding when we need more admin support and bringing on other people or more hours. It's deciding if and when we're going to grow more. It's continuing to promote and delegate my leadership team and their tasks and pulling myself out as much as I can is the thousand dollar tasks. And I am totally still a bottleneck in there. I feel like the bottleneck all the time. And this has been increasingly more present as I have, I have started to delegate a little bit. And with my virtual assistant that's helping with Weight Inclusive Business Academy, with Caitlin, your business apprentice that's also supporting with We. And then I had a really awesome dietetic intern the last four weeks. There was one time where I, I sent you a screenshot of it. It was all three of them had sent me message messages. And every message they sent me was like, hey, just checking in on this thing. Hey, when are you going to send me this thing? <laughs> of like that accountability piece. And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely the bottleneck in this. And I'm either the bottleneck because I am doing the $25 tasks in conjunction with them. Or I'm the bottleneck because I didn't, I haven't provided clear enough instructions on how they feel like they can be supporting the business. Okay. You know, what could make that very fun is the next time it happens, because inevitably we'll always be some semblance of a bottleneck sometimes until we're not, um, is that they like send you a little flare emoji, except it's a bottle. Like they send you a bottle emoji to be like, here's a bottleneck coming in. Where's this thing? So we can be like extra called out. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to pull that into the accountability club too and uh throw some oh. people some bottles. Oh my god, yes. Okay, we're gonna call you guys out so fucking nicely with a little bottle emoji. Yes. So sign up for the accountability club. Yes. I definitely don't have the answers of what CEO thousand level tasks, thousand thousand dollar tasks look like. I uh, I'm reading We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers, and I have become increasingly more interested in the CEO school. Have we talked about this on here? Okay, so the CEO school is run by Sunira Madhani. Is she the one who founded Stacks? She's the one who founded Stacks, yes. So for people who don't know, Stacks is a credit card processing company that I use at Nourish Colorado. And it's less expensive than something like Stripe or Square if you're running tens of thousand dollars a month. So that's where this person's name came into my head. That is yes. so cool. So yes, I think you pointed this out to me. Carry on. Yes. So she runs the CEO school. I actually know a few people in the eating disorder space that out that are a part of her program. I think it's a monthly membership, but basically it's like 
less than 2% of female founders hit $1 million in revenue and less than 18% hit six figures. And so it's like, they're on a mission to change that. And similar to Rachel Rogers, who has Hello7 with a goal for like female founders to hit seven figures in their business revenue. Wow. And so I feel like I have a lot to learn from both of them related to like what it actually means to like think like a CEO. Mm, Are you going to sign up? Maybe. I'm going to, I need to finish reading Rachel's book first. There's also some people in the eating disorder space that have gone through Rachel Rogers program. We should probably, we should get them on the pod and talk about what their biggest takeaways have been. Okay. But bigger picture is we should get Rachel Rogers and sorry, what is the other woman's name? Sunira. Sunira. Yes. Yes. True. True. Maybe we can do it all together. Yes. We'll have a group group sessions with the founders and the people who participated. That'd be great. Yes. So we'll link Rachel Rogers and Sunira. I think technically her Instagram is the CEO school. I think Rachel Rogers might be her person, like quote unquote personal one, like her name. So we'll link those if you're curious. I wish I had the answer to thousand dollar task though, but you know what I do know? That's not the thousand dollar task. I know the voice inside my head that is keeping me from leveling up. Mm. Let's go through some fear-based mindsets that have, I think, prohibited me, us, people listening from getting to that next level. Oh yeah. I think people are really going to resonate with these. So the first one we have, the fear-based mindset is I can just do it because then it's free and I don't have to spend money. Been there, done that. Yep. And currently the re- in yeah. that. You're, you're in it. You're in it. Currently too. in it. And the reality is, and I'm actually, I'm going to back up for a moment because I'm a little bit in it with values driven group. Values driven group has been really cool because with consulting, there's not a lot of expenses. So it's a great way to make some stacked cash and to be like, oh, this adds up quickly. This is really nice. And I feel like there's good return on investment with people. It's a win-win. But now I'm like, needing to turn into an S corp and I need my accounting team to manage the finances and I'm going to, you know, have our apprentice be doing more stuff over there. So like all these expenses are coming and I'm like, well, I can just do the books and like, I can just keep doing these tasks. And I'm like, Hannah, you know better. So we're in it too. Um, And the reality is when you're spending your time as the CEO, the founder, whatever terminology relates to you, you're spending at least, I'm going to just throw out this number because it's going to be different for every person, but you're spending at least your time times $200 an hour. And again, we could even argue and say it's $1,000 an hour, right? If we're talking about $1,000 tasks that you need to be doing. So when you're doing things, quote unquote, for free, that's taking away from you doing the $100 tasks as this, the stepping stone to the $1,000 tasks. So that's costing you a fuck ton of money to stay there. The second fear-based mindset that I am super guilty of is, but no one will do it as well as I do. No one will be able to mimic my voice like I can. Why can't, like, why would, how would someone be able to write copy and make it sound like me? (laughs) I literally had this conversation with someone on Monday and I hired them. So we're moving up to the $100 tasks. And we had this conversation with dietitian staff on our podcast a few episodes ago 
where she is a big challenger of this. Loved that episode so much. It'll be in the show notes for people to revisit. Yes. And so the reality, whenever you have this fear-based mindset of no one will do it as well as I will, the reality is you probably aren't doing anything like that well. When you're doing so much, if you're doing everything, you're not doing anything well, first of all. Yes. And the reality is that no one will ever do it perfectly, but it's way more efficient for it to get done and done on time than for you to like not hire it out because you're fearful that no one else will do it as well as you. Done is better than perfect for those $25 tasks. Yes. We like to say good enough. It's good enough. I, so just quick little personal story. So I know that I need to like release control. This is a very recent realization. So it's ever evolving and I won't hold my uh, younger self to this. I have realized that if something has gotten pushed back on my to-do list for more than six months, that's my marker that I just need to fucking hire someone to do it for me. (laughs) So something that's been on my to-do list for months is to build out my nurture series for Morgan Sinclair Designs, because right now I am like essentially not doing any marketing for my branding and web design services. Womp womp. I know. I... uh, hired someone to write my emails for me. And not only are they writing my emails, they're basically taking one concept for like a social media post that I can literally copy and paste that caption into an email as well. And it can double as both. Oh, we love efficiency like that. I know we do. We do. Um, I've actually known her for a few years now and she's grown like her whole copywriting agency. It's um, the Candid Collective. And so her and I met through Instagram, love that for us. And we were both living in Houston. She lives in Austin now, but we were both living in Houston. She had quit her corporate job a month before I quit my corporate job. So she was also kind of like my guide on navigating like how to get my own health insurance and the ups and downs of like what it was like to shift from corporate America to running your own business full time. Love that. You're full circle. So another fear-based mindset that totally can't even relate to, just kidding. I need to have my eyes on and my hands in everything of the business. And the reality is you're going to continue to be the bottleneck and the thing that's holding the business back and drive yourself bananas if you can't trust the people you hire to bring your vision to life. Because essentially what you're doing is being a micromanager and not letting people even have the space to do their job or the experience of fucking up and then repairing it and then doing better and hitting their stride. And that is just something you have to go through when you're delegating and you're just, you can't be part of everything. I love that you named that of like, when you bring someone on or when you hire someone, like they are going to fail. Mm -hmm. And you just have to know that that's an expectation and it is a learning curve. There was a uh, quote that I was talking about with someone, a bad day in business gives you good data. Like a bad day is good data. Ooh, I love that. It's information. It's information. That is spot on. Yes. So you need to let people 
fuck up or fail because that gives you the data to see what happened and why and where there's a training gap or what they didn't know and what your role was in that and then to figure it out moving forward. Fail forward. It's the other quote. Ooh, fail forward. (laughs) I love that. Just throwing lots of things out at us today. And the fourth fear-based mindset we have, it's most certainly not the last, but we won't continue to throw fear-based mindsets your way, is it's just easier if I do it. I don't have the time to train someone. The Yeah, I've fallen into this too. The reality of this is there's never going to be a magical time for you to pause what you're doing and train someone because that's going to feel like you are moving backwards. feels like there's going to be this lapse in time that you're falling behind. But the reality is taking the time out to bring someone onto your team that is the right fit might feel like you're like holding rubber band and pulling it back time-wise but then you're going to let it go and it's only going to propel you forward. And not without like hitting something and being painful, like, ow, like there will be some kinks. It's not a perfect system, but it will ultimately propel you forward. And in the context of private practice, group practice specifically, I think about if I would have not stopped seeing so many clients, I never would have been able to hire people and grow my team. If I hadn't stopped doing so much supervision with my team, I could have never promoted two of my clinicians into leadership for them to supervise. And also another example is, because what this concept really comes down to is staying in your business. So when we take admincations, we are letting our businesses run or we're letting them slow down for a moment while we go work on something that we need to, that otherwise, if we hadn't take the time, would not have gotten done. And that's going to continue to hold us back in our businesses. What we want to leave you with today is just some reflection on in your business, where you're at in this stage of entrepreneurship. What are your $25 tasks? What are your $100 tasks? And what are your $1,000 tasks? And if it helps you write down three of each, because I know it can kind of seem looming of like, whoa, what are they all? Put three under each category. See where they land. And then, you know, it's always something to go back and reflect on. It doesn't have to be stagnant. It can be ever-changing. We also want to encourage you to kind of think of this spectrum of like being a scrappy entrepreneur to CEO and like, where are you along that spectrum? As we said, it is not a like snap your fingers the next, like tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up and have that CEO mindset. Heck, I wish that were the case, but it's not the case. And so just think about where you are and kind of like what that trajectory could look like to reach that CEO mindset. Ultimately, figuring out what your $1,000 tasks are and removing yourself from the $25 and the $100 task comes down to delegating, outsourcing, and getting the right people in the right positions for your business. Thanks for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the pod on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review, share with a business bestie, and check out our website at weightinclusiveinnovators.com. See you next week. Bye.